It was going to be one of those days. Anne Matthews discovered that early. To begin with, she overslept. The small alarm clock that had been one of her presents when she left the family cottage of the children's home three years before had stopped during the night, ticking its last at half-past the witching hour. There was no time to sigh over it. She was late for work. Then in her haste to dress, she snagged a run in her last pair of pantyhose. A quick dab of clear nail polish prevented it from running further, and in any case, it was hidden by the tongue of the sensible shoes she wore in her job as a caterer's assistant. But it left her feeling harried and unkempt. Neatness was important to her. There had been little of that commodity in the orphanage cottage shared with seven other foster brothers and sisters. Vaguely, she could remember a quieter, more ordered time before her parents were killed when a bridge had collapsed, plunging their car into a flooded river in Louisiana. She could remember also the feeling of security she had known then, though she could not consciously bring to mind the faces of her parents or where and how they had lived. Still, Those memories were enough to make her determined to use the secretarial skills she had been taught to re-establish that atmosphere around her. Toward that end, she adopted an air of calm efficiency. She wore her shoulder-length hair in a smooth page boy, not because the style gave her hair the sheen of tawny silk, but because it was easy to keep under control. Because it saved time, she used the bare minimum of makeup, disregarding the dramatic potential of enormous eyes of a velvet-brown softness fringed with thick, dark lashes. The clothes she bought herself were practical and easily cared for, as became her no-nonsense image. It was not her fault that their severity did not suit the warm impulsiveness of her smile or the secretive, almost dreamy look that touched her delicate features in repose. The morning did not improve once she left the small apartment she shared with her roommate, Judy Kramer. Judy, a secretary in a nice, dull office building, nothing at all like Metcalf Caterers, Inc., had the long weekend off. She had flown to New Orleans with her parents, leaving behind the small red Toyota, a present from her parents when she left home, for Anne to use. The only catch was that Judy had used it the afternoon before to run the dozens of small errands necessary before she could pack for her trip, and she had neglected to put gas in it. Walking ten blocks to the nearest gas station with the chill wind of December penetrating her lightweight suit jacket, Whipping her hair and blowing fine Texas sand from the streets into her face did not improve Anne's temper. Metcalf Caterers was not the largest catering firm in Dallas, but it was growing, and in the five years it had been in existence had built up a select clientele. Anne had been with the husband and wife team Joe and Iva for three of those years. Starting as a secretary receptionist, she had gradually become much more than that, She turned her hand to anything from marketing to serving at tables. She could blend a sauce, decorate a cake, arrange a centerpiece, or balance the books with equal ease. And as Iva Metcalf told her with a wry grin, look as if she were enjoying it. Usually she did just that. But there were days. Where have you been? Iva exclaimed in pained accents as Anne came through the glass doors of the reception room at last. You will never believe what I have been through this morning, Anne began. Iva shook her close, cropped red head. Don't bet on it. 
This telephone hasn't stopped ringing since I got here. Mrs. Burson, the woman who has the luncheon today, called to inform us that of the twelve guests she will be entertaining, one is allergic to tomatoes, one to eggs, and one can't abide the sight of mushrooms. She just thought we might like to know. Mrs. Otley, whose daughter is to marry the oil millionaire this evening, wants an oil derrick as an arch over the bride and groom on top of the cake she ordered. And Senor Ramon Carlos Castillo's secretary called to inform us that the senor has canceled his dinner party planned for tonight at his hotel suite. He's flying back to Mexico City late this evening because of illness in the family. It's his grandmother. And he'd like a simple dinner delivered to his private jet at the airport before seven o'clock.